0: The Irish Times Inside Business Podcast, in association with EY, building a better working world.
1: Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Data centres were back in the headlines this week with new figures from the CSO showing that they gobbled up as much energy last year as all of the urban households in the country. On the same day, an Amber Alert was issued warning us that the supply of electricity might not be able to meet the demand in the market. The energy usage of data centres also poses a major challenge to the state's ability to meet its climate change targets. And it's a political hot potato for the government, which wants to promote foreign direct investment in the country and has said it will resist calls from the opposition to halt the growth of data centres. So, should we allow more data centres to be built here? given that we live in a highly digitized world and that many of the big tech companies have their European hubs here, what happens if we don't allow them to be built? And what are the implications in terms of meeting our climate change targets? In a moment, you'll hear from Ian Curran of the Irish Times. who will take us through the CSO's headline figures. After that, I'll be teasing out the various issues with Dr. Paul Dean, Clean Energy Analyst at UCC, and Michael McCarthy, Director of Cloud Infrastructure Ireland, whose members comprise Amazon Web Services, Google, and Microsoft. I began by asking Incurrent to take us through the main figures from the CSO on energy usage by data centers here. Here we go.
0: Yeah, sure. So I suppose the context for this is there were uh, two data releases by the Central Statistics Office on Monday, one specifically looking at energy consumption by data centres last year, and the other looking at kind of electricity consumption by separate kind of household group and businesses, so a much broader one. And I suppose the headline figure, the one that's really stood out to everybody, is this 31% increase in the amount of electricity consumed by data centres last year. It means that between 2015 2015, And the final quarter of last year, the quantity of electricity consumed by uh, data centres has increased something like 400%. Obviously, these are quite stark figures, but they're particularly stark when set against the kind of broader uh, set of figures that was released as well on Monday, um, which showed that households... Uh, both urban and rural, actually significantly decreased their energy consumption, their electricity consumption last year. Obviously, part of that was probably belt tightening because of higher electricity costs and higher uh, household bills, but also probably because people were heading back to the office and and probably not working from home as much. But those two factors are certainly there. Um, I think... For context, then, what the figures show is that data centres accounted for about 18% of total electricity consumed last year. That's about the same uh, as kind of every urban household in Ireland taken together. So the figures are obviously quite stark there. And that's what's kind of stood out over the last couple of days.
1: Ian, do we know how many data centres there are operating in Ireland at the moment?
0: Well, we can say, I think, roughly that there are around 75. The numbers are a little bit uh, sort of difficult to come by in the sense that the CSO doesn't have specific numbers for the number of data centers. Its data is based on meter connections to the grid, uh, and, and, and not on, on, on sort of specific data centres. But based on um, some research that was done by a uh, consultancy company Bitpower last summer, we can say that there is at least 75 data centres in operation with a number of more uh, planned over the coming years. Um, so, so, so it's about 75, but, but, but um, we're still sort of getting a sense of that. And
1: who operates these data centres and what exactly do they do?
0: Well, there are a number of different operators. Um, I think what's interesting in the figures is that we looked at the, I mentioned that the other data release on Monday, which was kind of the broad sort of look at consumption by different kind of category within the economy. And one of the things that stands out from it is that 27% of total electricity consumption was uh, accounted for by large users. And that category of large users refers to a specific category of businesses, specifically the larger data centres, the ones that might be operated by, uh, you know, some of the large multi national tech companies, but then also extremely energy intensive factories like cement manufacturing and that sort of thing. So I'm just saying that by way of sort of saying that there are, you know, there are strata of data centers. There are obviously larger data centers that are included within that kind of large user category. And um, as I say, they would be operated by some of the larger companies. And then there are smaller ones operated by smaller tech companies. Uh, and really, they are sort of data storage and, and, and processing centers for uh, companies of different stripes. Now, that was Ian Curran of The Irish Times, and Ian has to
1: leave us now. But uh, I'm also joined by Dr. Paul Dean uh, from UCC, a clear energy analyst, and Michael McCarthy, who's Director of Cloud Infrastructure Ireland. Dr. Paul Dean, we'll come to you first. What's your view on data centres? I suppose they are portrayed in certain um, sectors as uh, being something of an evil. They're gobbling up all of this uh, electricity. We know that uh, our electricity supplies are... Uh, Oftentimes on the brink, we had an amber alert earlier this week. And I guess these uh, data centres are are viewed as well as as adding to our problem around uh, climate change and, and meeting our climate change targets. What's your view?
2: Yeah, I don't think that's a very fair portrayal. I think we have to acknowledge that data centers are an integral part of the modern economy. Uh, Look, even today, we're all speaking on this app. I don't have to travel today. Um, That reduces my climate impact. And even over the last year, primarily due to remote meetings, I've been able to reduce my business travel by about 80%. So there is a clear, necessary, and important environmental benefit to data centers. And look, we use them every day. The genie's out of the bottle. We're not going to go back to the Stone Age. We need them. The question is, though, can we accommodate this amount of data centres in Ireland and future projections of data centre demand while meeting our climate targets? So for me, that's probably the most important question. You know, I think we, a lot of the stuff gets kind of caught up in the wash about uh, what data centres do, or who owns them, or what they, or, or what kind of data they store. But for me, the fundamental challenge is: can we incorporate a significant amount of amount of electricity growth and demand? In an economy that really wants to reduce its uh, its emissions, its pollution from the power sector by a lot. Uh, And when you look at those numbers, you see it becomes very difficult. And look, in many ways, this is acknowledged in the Climate Action Plan that we have uh, uh, this year, um, that the growth of data centers, and primarily it's linked to the growth of electricity that comes with that, really makes it very, very hard to reduce our um, our greenhouse gas pollution coming from the power sector. So for me, it's not necessarily care about what they do or what they don't do. For me, it's a climate issue. Uh, it makes things harder. Um, we are already way off track in Ireland in terms of achieving our climate targets and adding more load onto a grid that is struggling already to to reduce its greenhouse gas pollution is tricky and just maybe just one number there just to add uh, onto the the wealth of numbers that Ian has thrown at us. We've been very successful in Ireland uh, at, at encouraging data centers. You know the jobs, employment, taxes, and all the benefits that come with that. Uh, we've seen over four hundred percent growth in data center electricity use since twenty fifteen. But we've only reduced our greenhouse gas pollution in the power sector at the same time by about 15%. So it's a difficult circle to square about growing this electricity demand while reducing our emissions. It's politically very challenging. It's it's socially very challenging. Um, but it's something that I think is going to be very difficult to achieve with the projections that we're seeing in the pipeline for data center demand.
1: And yet, Paul, we have a situation where there's an effective moratorium, isn't there, on new data centres in the greater Dublin area?
2: There has, and it's kind of a soft moratorium in many ways. And look, we have to give acknowledgement and credit to Airgrid. Airgrid are the people who operate the power system. Uh, They've done an incredible job over the last number of years. The power system in Ireland is under a lot of stress at the moment. And what I mean by stress is that it's, it's essentially been propped up by emergency generation. Now, there's not many countries in the, modern, in the modern world who are relying on emergency generation to meet their electricity needs when the demand becomes very, uh, very, very high or when, when, when we get large generators trip out. So Airgrid have managed the system very well. And even this week, with we a couple of trips on the system this week and the industry, and look, let's acknowledge the data industry played their part in reducing their demand. Um, it, it, it's, it's been very important. Uh, and and the challenge really about that moratorium is that when we look at the projections for future data center growth they will put extra strain on the power grid and to be honest Kieran i think we can manage that you know throw enough money at it uh, i think you can you can uh, you can solve that problem but the environmental challenge is 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 one that's very stark very real and very difficult to see a way out of it
1: so where should we go from here i mean how, how should government policy be formed from here should we stop at 75 data centers should we allow some more? Should some of them be retired? I don't know. What, what What's the solution from here?
2: Yeah, so my view, Kiran, is that we need to press pause, but not press stop. Uh, time is the constraint here. Uh, it's very difficult to absorb more levels of electricity demand again, while trying to reduce our greenhouse gas pollution. So I think there's calls for respite, um, press pause, until we get a line of sight out of the current uh, energy crisis and the current environmental crisis. And there's two things that need to happen there. Uh, we need to build a lot more renewables. We almost have to build heroic levels of renewables to get anywhere near a climate targets. Uh, uh, and we also have to build conventional generation. Now, this may sound strange here on that, you know, countries like Ireland still have to build fossil fuel generation. Uh, but unfortunately, in Ireland over the last two or three years, we failed to deliver a new gas-fired power plant. Gas is important because it's the least worst fossil fuel out there and what actually helps Ireland reduce our emissions. If we get those things in place, uh, build more renewables, have a cleaner fossil fuel based power system, then I think we can talk very sensibly about allowing more data centers and more electricity growth on the system without compromising our climate action targets.
1: Yeah, sounds like years away though,
2: if ever. It takes time and I think this is the challenge here. You know, it's not about, uh, it's not necessarily about technology, it's not about ambition, it's not about opportunity. Time is against us. The, t- the climate targets that we have in Ireland Chiron, uh, they're they ref- they're strong because they reflect the climate science very well. Ireland's climate targets are based on reducing cumulative pollution from the economy over time, rather than looking at the the actual pollution at some point in future time. And when you're looking at cumulative emissions, that means that time actually matters. That means doing things today has the same value as doing things in the future. And this is one of the real big constraints, I think, for around the the data center question. Even If we could fast forward in a time machine to 10 years time where we had a power system that was stronger in terms of more conventional generation, if we had a power system that was cleaner, well, then absorbing this level of of data center demand onto the power sector wouldn't really be a talking issue because it would have a relatively benign impact on our climate targets and would have a relatively small impact on the reliability of the system. So time has come up against uh, the the data center industry here. Look, that's not necessarily their fault. Uh, We have a contradiction that has arisen between industrial policy, which encourages, deliberately encourages, which is electricity growth here in Ireland, that's at odds with an environmental policy that needs to reduce emissions. And again, it's about squaring that circle. It's very difficult for any country to grow your electricity demand like what we want to do in Ireland and reduce our emissions like we need to in Ireland. Uh, That's just so challenging. Michael McCarthy,
1: your members comprise Amazon Web Services, Google and Microsoft. What exactly do their data centres do and how much energy are they consuming?
3: Okay, so I represent three companies in Cloud Infrastructure Ireland, Kieran, AWS, Google, and Microsoft. And these are typically your large, you know, hyperscale cloud providers. And I think it's a very good question because we need to remind ourselves of what cloud services are. And that's exactly what they do. They allow us to digitalize our lives. They have allowed us, and particularly, so this has been more pronounced, for example, since the COVID restrictions came in over three years ago. They have allowed us to live, study, and work from home. And Paul makes a very good point. Uh, we're contributing to the podcast by virtue of the cloud services that we can avail of in order to you know, reduce kind of necessary physical travel. And there's a sustainability issue around that and decarbonization decabinize, uh, issues kind of ingrained in that. And also ingrained in that is the whole way that digitalization is now embedded in our lives. And for example, like if I book a taxi or a restaurant or a taxi or car online, or you apply for a passport online, these are all digital services that are brought to us by cloud service providers. And the growing demand, This is a very important point, Karen, the growing demand by citizens for digital services across businesses, homes and public services, has led to an increased demand on the services provided to us behind the cloud service providers of data centers. Now, at the beginning of the uh, pandemic as well, and this is really significant because we must bear in mind, none of us could travel beyond two kilometers for a period of time after the initial lockdown restrictions came in. And there were very few sectors of the economy that were allowed to operate and they were deemed an essential service. And government, in their wisdom at that point, designated data centers as an essential service. Now, I think the crucial issue here, and Paul has touched on this, is the demand is growing because the demand for digital services has grown. And the significant point here is more deployment of renewable energy. So, for example, the companies that I represent, and this is recognized, for example, by the International Energy Association, they have said that, they recognise that data centres have done more than any other sector in terms of energy efficiency. And my three members, AWS, Google and Microsoft, between them, have procured 450 megawatts of renewable energy in Ireland. And so the key to meeting our targets, and next year and the year after, the year after will be tricky. I think longer term, it's more promising. And we will become net exporters of renewable energy. But we really need to adjust those levers now to allow cloud service providers like my members to engage in activity that allows them to deploy more renewable energy, so the demand is there without question. It's an issue, but supply of renewable energy is the solution to the current challenges we face in the grid.
1: Michael, AWS of course is Amazon. So Amazon, Google, and Microsoft are, are your members. I'm just wondering how much of the activity at their data centers on the island of Ireland actually relates to activity uh, in Ireland uh, as opposed to the rest of you know the rest of the world or the rest of Europe.
3: Well, significantly, and you've touched on the, uh, the reports by Bitpower and Boringa that was commissioned by Cloud Infrastructure Ireland last year, and they identified 75 operational data centres in Ireland. Now, just to put it in context, there's around 3,000 data centres across the European Union. And effectively, those publics, like rem- remote access, for example, to public services, businesses, for example, who have migrated from traditional on-prem servers in multiple locations, which are highly inefficient, are now moving to data centres to those cloud service providers which is a more efficient way of allowing those businesses to operate in the cloud. So every time, for example, Kieran that you might download an app on your phone, you see that icon on the side of the cloud. That's precisely what they do. And that's precisely the access that homes, people, for example, who want to access public services and businesses who are migrating to the cloud. So that's primarily it. And there's another significant issue around the infrastructural benefit of cloud services in Ireland. It's up there now in terms of the importance of airports, motorways and ports. This is critical infrastructure brought to us by the cloud service providers who have had a very strong presence in Ireland over the last 10 years. So in terms of looking forward and looking beyond the short term, uh, we want to see the deployment, more deployment of onshore wind, significantly the regulatory body MARA that's being established to, uh, to, to, to be the regime, for example, around offshore wind. We want these to happen sooner because renewable energy
1: is the key to the solutions that we currently face in the grid. Yeah, but Michael, how much of the activity that goes through data centres in Ireland is actually generated by the Irish market and how much of it is generated by other parts of the world? Well, it's very significant, just bear in mind, from, from our
3: perspective. If there are 3,000 data centres across the European Union and there are 75 in Ireland, the business base or the clientele base or the attraction, for example, to those digital services is largely a demand from our own citizen. It's a demand, for example, from our government departments. Now, the government published... Um, a paper on digitalization of the economy last year. They updated their policy, for example, around data centers and the role they play in the Irish economy. So that's very much kind of a homegrown, um, driven demand for those digital services. And there's also a knock on benefit here, and I think this is sometimes lost in the debate. Ireland's been very successful at attracting large tech companies over the last number of years. And a key plank of that attractiveness for those you know, for that foreign direct investment policy, and to bring these big names to Ireland has been that cloud services infrastructure. But the companies in Ireland that have built out those data centres are now transferring that expertise across the European Union and are now building out data centres in other jurisdictions. So there's multi-benefits in terms of the economic gain by building up that skill set here here at home and taking it abroad to develop more kind of much-needed revenue for the economy.
1: Mind you, I think it was about five years ago that Apple um, had an application to build a data center and Athenry turned down. There were lots of objections and so on. and They just decided to, uh, uh, to ditch the project, uh, essentially. And we were told, we were warned at the time that that would have, could have a, a detrimental uh, impact in terms of our attractiveness to foreign direct investors and particularly those in the tech sector. Uh, but it hasn't turned out to be the case, has it? No, it hasn't. I mean, if you look at the for example,
3: the publication that we commissioned in conjunction with BitPower and Boringa, we looked at the success of the Irish cloud services industry and also critically looked at the greening of data centers because the ambition of the cloud service providers in terms of sustainability and decarbonisation, in actual fact, is beyond the Irish requirement and the European requirement in terms of our targets. And allowing that development of policy around renewable energy is exactly you know, fits with the sustainability ambitions um, of our members. And I think that's going to strengthen over time. Uh, But the key to it will be allowing the decarbonisation, because effectively you can't decarbonise the economy without digitalisation. And you can't get digitalisation without data centres. And Ireland is a leader in that respect.
1: But do we need so many data centres actually based in Ireland? to uh, help us decarbonise our economy? Absolutely, we do, because data centres are critical enablers of decarbonisation. Now, given the
3: climate here, Kieran, it's important to point out that if data centres are operating here, obviously because of the climate, they're operating much more efficiently than they would be if they were in France or Germany or other jurisdictions. So we need to have a kind of global view, as the International Energy Agency does, about the fact that data centres are leaders in terms of energy efficiency.
0: At EY... Our purpose is to build a better working world. As one of Ireland's leading professional services firms, our exceptional people are at the centre of everything we do. We deploy technology at speed and innovation at scale to deliver exceptional solutions for our clients, enabling them to transform and grow. To find out more, visit ey.com.
1: Paul Dean this screening of uh, data centers what's what's your view of that um you know an energy efficient uh, data center does such a thing
2: exist Yes, it's happening. It's needed. It's happening very fast. And I suppose in many regards, we 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 are lucky in Ireland with the type of, with the profile of corporates that we do have here. Let's just take Microsoft for, for one example. Microsoft have got incredible decarbonisation targets. They want to reduce their pollution to zero by 2030, but they also want to retrospectively mop up all the residual pollution from the 1970s, up from 1970 onwards. That's incredible. They're the kind of a companies that we need here in Ireland with deep commitments to decarbonisation. And also deep pockets to deliver the infrastructure that's necessary now there's another element to this argument as well whatever about data centers posing a challenge to ireland achieving its climate targets what about ireland not delivering the infrastructure so corporates in case which 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 slows down or impedes corporates achieving their climate targets uh, that becomes very difficult so there's a reputational risk here for ireland look there's no doubt as michael said that data centers are incredibly efficient you know some of the technology improvements in these data centers are are just remarkable. They're mind-blowing from a technical perspective. The problem for us here in Ireland is that we've kind of bought into our own fiction in Ireland where we think we've got a green country, where we think we have a green grid. The pollution coming from the power sector in Ireland is above the European average um, because we're still relying very heavily on natural gas. We're still relying to a certain extent on coal because we weren't able to build uh, natural gas to replace it. And this means that the unit of pollution that comes with the Irish power system is very significant. So if data centers were in other jurisdictions, France or the UK, look, they still have the same efficiency, but the greenhouse gas pollution associated with them would be a lot lower. So there's 17 other countries out there that actually have a cleaner power systems uh, in Ireland. So one of the things I'm worried about, Ciarán, is this reputational risk in, that we have in Ireland, not only for data centers, um, but, for, for, but for wider FDI investment. If we can't get our act together, at the moment we are one of the most fossil fuel reliant countries in Europe. An Irish citizen, on a per-person basis has got the, one of the largest greenhouse gas pollution footprints in, in Europe. We're the second largest polluters on a per-person basis uh, uh, in Europe. Who wants to invest in countries like that? Uh, so there's a real reputation risk in Ireland. If we don't harness these vast amounts of renewables that Michael was mentioning there, if we're not able to build grids, you know, we've, the last, we've spent three decades trying to build a power line between the north of the island and the south of the island, and we can't get it through all the commission studies and all the publicly available information point to the, the, the need for that infrastructure, that it's a good idea. Not only is it economically beneficial, but it's environmentally beneficial. So if we don't get our house in order, on I think there's, whatever about not meeting our climate targets, there'll be wider uh, contagion in terms of reputational risk here for Ireland, because all the countries are doing this. You know, green data centers and green technology is happening now already in countries like Portugal, in countries like Spain. They've copped onto this. They see this as a very lucrative industry that brings not only investment, but it brings jobs. It brings stability to local areas. And, and we could lose out there.
1: Are we hypocrites on this issue in that we want to be a digital economy? We've attracted all these big multinationals here. But we don't want their data centers, not in my backyard.
2: Yeah, we are to a degree. Look, but the goal of public policy isn't to avoid hypocrisy. The goal of public policy, if it was to avoid hypocrisy, we wouldn't have problems like climate change. The goal is to be better. Um the root cause of this problem comes back to a mismatch between industrial policy to grow electricity demand very aggressively. And, to, and a mismatch between our environmental policy to, to reduce our greenhouse gas pollution significantly. Things were fine up until about three or four years ago, uh, but when Ireland changed its climate legislation, and again, that changing of, of our legislation from cumulative emissions over time, rather than absolute emissions at some future point in time, that changed the game. It didn't necessarily change what you needed to do. You still need to build lots of renewables, but what it did get on, is it changed the time in which you had to do it. Uh, that means we almost had to pull everything forward. We need to start building offshore wind farms in the next year or two. That's going to be very, very difficult. And that feeds into my thinking about the need for pressing pause rather than stop on this, uh, on this data center question. Uh, the demand and the appetite for electricity has got ahead of our ability to meet it. And until the both of them catch up with each other, it's going to be very, very difficult for, for Ireland to meet our climate action targets.
1: By the way, Paul, um, Eamon Ryan, the minister, um, recently essentially put the kibosh on a a license for Barry Rowe, the um, oil and gas exploration company, to uh, to, to basically develop an oil field off the south coast of Ireland. Are you in favour of that? that, Was that a good idea? Or um, should we be, you know, if the oil is there and we're told there's a large reserve of oil there, should we not exploit that while we can?
2: Yeah, so I don't know enough about the specifics of the Barry oil license, but there's a difference here on between oil being there. There's lots of oil in the world, but there's a big difference between oil being there and being commercially available. The two are very, very different. We are going to need more fossil fuels in Ireland. That's clear. Um, but that will reduce significantly over the next two decades. And that's kind of the timeline that we're leading here. I do see a very strong role for natural gas in Ireland. Um, natural gas is an enabling fuel that will allow us to reduce our emissions. So if we take natural gas, for example, which I'm a little bit more familiar with and and, uh, and a little bit more, I suppose, confident to talk about, we do need natural gas in Ireland into the future. But it has to be done in parallel with renewables. Renewables are great because they reduce the use of conventional power plants and that allows us to reduce our greenhouse gas pollution but they don't replace that need and that need will remain over the next decade or two so whatever about oil uh, there is a very clear uh, case for natural gas in ireland but that case for natural gas in ireland is there to complement renewables not to be in competition with it that's not always the case with oil we do need to reduce our oil demand significantly through the primarily in the uh, in the transport sector we're doing pretty good things in terms of liquid biofuels. Electrification will come in eventually into uh, into transport, and that's why we really need to get our electricity grid cleaned up, uh, Kiron. It has to be clean and green because electricity becomes the foundation of the decarbonisation within the wider economy. If we can't get electricity right, there's not much hope then for achieving the rest of our climate targets.
1: Yeah, sure. We only have the one natural gas field operational at the moment, don't we, Corib, off the West Coast?
2: But it's important. It's, it's an important field. It, you know, it's, it's, it has served us well. And uh, whatever about fossil fuels and the arguments for or against, we need to keep the lights on while we keep our emissions down. You know, and natural gas, it isn't that it's a, a wonderful, um, sustainable fuel. It's none of those things, but it's necessary and it's the best of a bad lot when it comes to decarbonisation. Have we been slow to develop offshore wind? Yes, without a doubt. Like Ireland builds, the, you know, we were one of the first movers in the world here on to build uh, an offshore wind farm almost 20 years ago. And we've done nothing since. Um, you know, countries like Scotland, Denmark, the Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, uh, the US are all powering ahead. We've been very slow uh, and we're paying the price for that now.
1: Michael McCarthy, are there plans for more data centers in Ireland? Those uh, members of yours are... Do they want to build more data centres here? Because we mentioned earlier about the effective moratorium on building them in the greater Dublin area. So what's their appetite for more data centres here? Yeah, so effectively, Kieran, you you're right. There is a moratorium, a de facto moratorium, in place
3: until 2028 in and around the Dublin region. But I think it's important to step back from that particular issue and say, right, where are we going from here in terms of the sustainability issue and the decarbonisation? And it's really important to remind ourselves that data centers will allow digital digitalization to decarbonize the economy because those treaties are really important in terms of assisting Ireland with its twenty thirty targets and the cloud services will help us to unlock sustainability right across the economy and the power and the accessibility of data center services also services rather also unlocks a range of new sustainab- new sustainability applications so I think in terms of getting to where we need to, to be. To get 80% of renewables on the grid by 2030, we need to start pushing the levers that will deploy that offshore wind. The government did, to be fair to them, run run a first series of offshore wind auctions called Zero Res in recent weeks. And I think they've identified three projects. Now, in reality, we should, as a country, have been doing that three or four years ago, but we are on the here and now. But government need to attach a sense of urgency around that in order to ensure that the renewable energy we need to power our economy, decarbonize our grid, is there by 2030. And that would accommodate the expansion of, um, of economic activity, and not just in terms of cloud services, but also in terms of the increased focus around, for example, the electrification
1: of heat and transport. Yeah, Michael, how many people are employed by your members at their data centres, roughly speaking? Right. So, so to answer that question, Kieran, the, in overall
3: speaking in overall terms, and the idea have identified this figure, there's about 140,000 jobs in the digital services sector. Now, some of them are in data centres, but the data centres allow those people to have 140,000 jobs. So there's a very kind of a rich cascade or ecosystem of jobs and other economic benefits that follow from the presence of a data centre. So for example, you might have a data centre located in location A. And then down the road in location C or D, there might be a campus, or a campus rather, with a couple of thousand people. But in digital services, it's about 140,000 jobs, most of which, all of which in actual fact, are there because of data centre presence in Ireland.
1: OK, because data centres
3: themselves don't employ very many people, do they? No, in reality, they don't. But they do allow, for example, the wider digital services sector to employ those numbers up to 140,000 people. If we didn't build any more data centres in Ireland, what impact would that have? Well, I think we need to look at what we need to do to accommodate the data centers that we have. And we need to look at it from an infrastructure point of view and part of the state. I mean, for example, we've had a great concentration in recent years of building out our motorway system, building out our ports, developing our airports, so on and so forth. So we need to view digital services and cloud services as a vital piece of, of infrastructure that is you know, carved into the architecture of our sustainability ambitions as a country, but also as an economic model. So I think the concentration needs to be we need to provide the resources that can facilitate the 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 su- supporting those businesses in Ireland and look at expand, expanding those into the future. But bearing in mind, there is a de facto moratorium until 2028. 20, but a lot of the operations, for example, that are in the Dublin region, their business models are to remain in Dublin. So to unlock the challenges that we're currently discussing, government need to attach a strong sense of urgency, in particular on the issue of offshore wind.
1: Paul Dean, final word to you. Do you think this might become an election issue when, you know, we're going to have an election sort of 15, 18 months down the road, probably? Uh, w- will it be something on the doorsteps that people are, g- are going to be talking about? Or is this, you know, is this just something that crops up every now and then when these, uh, uh, figures come out from the CSO and then we forget about it. Yeah, it
2: tends to be one of those things as well that crops up every now and again, Ciarán. But I suppose what's different this time is that, look, we're after coming out of a very difficult energy crisis in, in Ireland and right across Europe. Um, it's been one of the most difficult energy crises in the last 40 years. Um, we've all seen it. We've all paid for it. We've all felt it. Um, it's been very difficult. It it presents a tricky problem for the government in terms of the optics. Um, Over the last year or two, the government were correctly telling us all to reduce our energy use, while at the same time, we have an industrial policy that's growing its electricity use. So the optics look terrible from a political perspective. Whether that will translate into the doorsteps, I don't think so um i think we're, we're thankfully i think the worst of the energy crisis is behind us at the moment prices will remain high but if prices peak up again next year which is is really at the mercy of global markets or, or and, and particularly gas markets for ireland it could become an issue again and a simple question to close with paul will we meet our climate change targets We will get to where we need, we want to be, but we won't get there in the time that we have. That will mean we will miss our targets.
1: What are the implications of that?
2: Uh, There'll be political fallout. Uh, There'll be international fallout from a reputation, uh, reputational impacts. Again, we sell ourselves as a green, clean country. Um, But the numbers, when you scratch at those numbers from the Environmental Protection Agency, tell a very different narrative. And this is not just in terms of greenhouse gas pollution. Uh, You know, we saw news recently today. It reported also in the Irish Times in terms of water pollution, in terms of biodiversity loss, in terms of reductions in spaces for nature, in terms of clean air. So we really need to get our house in order. And by getting our house in order, that means getting our house clean.
1: OK, Dr Paul Dean and Michael McCarthy, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Cian. Thank you. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Ian Curran, Dr. Paul Dean and Michael McCarthy for joining me on the show. John Casey produced the episode with JJ Vernon on sound. Thanks also to our sponsor EY for its continued support. Remember, as a subscriber to the Irish Times, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.